Hey, welcome to the Power of How. Um, this is an episode we taped way back in November of 2022, right before Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's a good one. It really is. Welcome to the Power of How. I'm Matt Fulcheron. I'm here with my co-host Daniel Torado, my other co-host Brennan Tassif. I'm always afraid I'm going to say your last name incorrectly, <laughs> it but happens. I nail it every fucking time. So where's, I need to get from though Tassif. It's Serbian, Eastern European. Yeah, so deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got jokes. <laughs> um, this is the power of how, aka the Legion of Thanks. We will try our best to keep our eye on the prize of optimism and a healthy perspective on life. And it's not going to be easy this week, gentlemen. Thanksgiving is coming right down the pike. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Are you going anywhere? No. I'm going to Kentucky for four straight days. <laughs> Your wife's family, right? The KY is a slippery yeah. bunch. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be uh, four days straight of... Um, Did they ever hear that? <laughs> oh, I've said it to, to their faces with the microphone. Not No, well, they don't live in Kentucky. But I say that when I do stand-up in Kentucky. I'm using gotcha. material yeah, on yeah, you yeah. guys right now. I apologize. But uh, I will be going and staying in a house with... Uh, my wife's extended family. I was say the whole group, and right? Their, or, or their immediate families. And yeah, their immediate families within that. And uh, four days, board games. Oh my God. That's Jesus. Cool. Drama. I like one day. I like one day of escape. You're there for how long? I'm there for four days. So one day is perfect. Two days is really exceptional. Yeah. Three days is too long for family, I find, and four days is a suicide mission. I think the key, <laughs> you, you got to find an Airbnb, man. Well. And you stay for two days, just not to disrespect. Yeah. yeah. Two days on your own, then they have their own space, you have your own space. Yeah. They might get offended, but trust me, they're happy. That's what happens to and me. you're happy too. When I go to visit my family, they go, you're going to stay with us, right? And I go, well, no, I'm a grown up now like i'm gonna get a hotel and they go no stay <laughs> right. with us and i'm always like i'm I, i've got it you got it. like it's not yeah. a big deal i got yeah. it and they get kind of but it is kind of fun to stay with them for like a day or two yeah you get pampered you get your laundry done you know yeah i i appreciate those little things like she goes out of my uh, out of her way my mom uh but it does get a lot you know when we had our first baby mm-hmm. my parents came my wife's mother came and we were three. Oh gosh. Uh, th- well, we were a total of six with a baby in a one bedroom apartment. Nice. Because we didn't have the heart or nor the knowledge to say we need our space. Right. Thinking that they would help us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. 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 The way you said thinking they would help well, us. Well, because well, <laughs> well, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. And, and of course, they have a great intention and we're happy that they're there. But, you know, like she just gave birth and we didn't know. We don't yeah. know what it's like. Right. Uh, to need space. And uh, so on our second one, we were like, all right. Nobody's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were gonna wait a while, and and you can come visit whenever. But yeah. we're gonna need that space to just. The second kid is the yeah. no bullshit zone, right? Right. Like you've made all. Well, you of, know, I don't know for from experience. No, no, I mean you know, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. yeah. You, you know by the second baby that what to do, yeah, what's and what going, not to yeah. do, right? 
That I, is, I was going to say that is the one good thing when Savannah and I first moved here. She was steadfast in the, we are not a Airbnb or a hotel. Because <laughs> we, we're in a one bedroom and it's a bigger one bedroom for where we're at, but yeah. it's still a one bedroom with a hundred pound dog, me and her. So she's like, this is not a hotel for yeah. your friend, your comedy friends to come up from Florida. My friends are not going to come up and stay here. Well, she laid some great, like, uh, great groundwork yeah. because like, okay, maybe somebody will come stay with you guys, but your friends from Florida, your comedy friends from Florida, you can't right. get that out. You can't get no. that word out. And it's actually been so beneficial because now I have like, people in my family, like my sisters and even my mom at one point was like, Hey, I'm going to come visit. I can just stay with you. Right. And since it was already in the back of, cause you know me, I yeah. feel like, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was like, Nope, sorry. Yeah. Can't do it. Just, right. we, well, we don't have the space. My wife is still running a hotel <laughs> and, uh, we got somebody coming, coming in a cousin coming in, in December. And my friend Tim has this art exhibit in LA and I'm always on this group text just for FOMO's sake. Right. Like he's always texting me and my friend Randy. He's like, I'm having an art exhibit and the Beastie Boys are going to be there. And I'm always like, cool, glad I moved to New York. <laughs> right. And, uh, and this time I'm, I, I texted my, my wife and I'm like, when is your cousin coming to visit? And she gave me the dates and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in LA. <laughs> like I just like wow. bought the ticket. I'm went out. to, yeah. and my friend actually, I'm not going to give him away, does, run a hotel because he's got a nice size house in Los Angeles and I'm always welcome there. Yeah. So I just, I've decided instead of sitting around to get, getting the FOMO, I'm just going to LA more. Just go. Fuck it. Yeah. Now, do, you, do, you, do you guys have the heart to say, cause I don't, Yeah, I don't have the heart to say no to my parents if they want to come visit whenever. Um, I'm at the point now. Yeah. I don't, I do have the heart to say, yeah, you can't stay. But most people get a look at our apartment and they go, they we, make that, they jump to that conclusion by themselves. Really? You, yeah. Your apartment's dope, man. Yeah. It's, nice. it's but sexy. It's people this, who are used to living in houses. That is another big thing, right? People not, come up from Florida, they yeah. go, this is tiny. We go, this is actually pretty big for where we're at. <laughs> right. This is actually, right, this right, is right, actually right. a pretty good size. Right. You're spoiled. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can fit a king bed in our bedroom. That's not, that's not the yeah. case in most Manhattan yeah. apartments. But, um, but my wife's family is so funny. They're just like, and they all live in big houses and they're all like, right. They all want to live in the, uh, apartment. Yeah. And I, that just turns me around because I'm already, yeah. I already have a hard enough time finding space to myself, but I'm sure you've given up on completely being a, a dad. Yeah. But, uh, well, we give up our beds. We, right. when our folks come, we give them our beds. We sleep on the couch. Wow. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's our folks, man. It's well, that's like, a big thing in AA. And I'm sure it's a big thing for normal people in regular life. But just from my experience, being a man child for as long as I have been is setting boundaries. Oh, yeah. So that's something that Savannah has helped me with because I'm Mr. Like, absolutely. I will make myself so inconvenient <laughs> and so resentful to make sure other people are happy. Like and, just, and just hoping that they notice. Yeah. Right. Go, exactly. You know what, man? We're getting in a hotel. But three I'm, days in. I'm, I've gotten better through no fault of my own with setting boundaries. So there's, especially because everyone in my family still drinks. So it's one of those things where I can right. be like, it's fine for a day, two days max. But then by the third day, you know, everyone's going out and having a good time coming back. And I'm like having to not take care of, but you know what I mean? Like be around. I'm kind of like, all right, I can't. This that, is not good. Does for that me. tempt you to. No, it not just, even. It's it doesn't tempt me to drink. It just it it makes me agitated, which is right. just like you know it puts me in a bad spiritual place, which is something that can eventually lead to me drinking. But I'm never like, oh my god, that looks like so much fun. I want to get wasted. But I'm kind of like, 
are you children? Like, why am I taking care of everyone? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And then that, that can make for tension. So it's like I said, finding the boundaries now. And I feel terrible when my mom's like, Hey, I want to come visit. And I'm like, we just don't have the space inside. I feel bad. But at the same time, I'm like, that's, that's the it's, right call. It's a moment of feeling bad. And then I'm like, yeah, it's... And compared to like four days of feeling like <laughs> yeah. like this relationship might be over. Like I can't go back to my apartment. <laughs> right. <laughs> my wife does something that like, she's the one that wants everybody to stay, but then she'll also uh, open the windows all night long because that's how she likes to sleep. And like, even last night, oh my God. the windows were open. When it's 30 And so most outside. people like stay with us once. And then they're like, that, that's it. We're yeah. not doing it again. Yeah. But that's maybe her, her trick. <laughs> no, that's not a trick. If it's a trick, she's trying to get rid of me too. Because <laughs> I like it cold, but, but Jesus fucking Christ, but man. I feel, I feel like everyone – well, everyone in New York, uh, you know, uh, they – well, wintertime, that's the only one you can balance, you know, the temperature, room temperatures mm-hmm. with a window. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't it, I think Ross Bennett has a great joke about that where, you know, you, no, I don't know. The, it. the level of the window is, is how he determines, uh, the Fahrenheit level with his own heating system. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, you know, all apartments are, are heated. So the only way you can really level it out, if it's, it's always too hot. Yeah. It's so it's hot. With the window. And for those that don't know, a lot of apartments in New York just have automatic heat. Yeah. And you can't control. Nope. Once no. the building turns it on, yeah. it's right. on. Right, 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 right. So it's more like this. Um, you can't bleed the heaters. It's not even like um, a compromise of temperature. It's more like, a, okay, it's hot over here and right. it's cold over here. Right, 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 right. right you know, right. I've got, I'm lucky enough to have a thermostat that pretends, do, yeah. it pretends to be a thermostat, but it's really just a thermometer with an on off switch. Right? Right. So if you see the number get, too high, you turn the heat off. And then if you see it get too, too low, low, you turn right. it on, which yeah. is nice, funny. which is a luxury. Yeah. Which is funny for as fancy as our city is. They got some old school bullshit. Some of these pre-war buildings. <laughs> I'm just like, this is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> like the radiator above our apartment is leaking and it has been since we moved in. Like you could even tell where they just sanded it down and painted when we moved in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you didn't fix the problem. You just made it look pretty for when we came in and we moved in in the summer. So yeah. we never knew. And then last winter when the radiator got turned on, it started to drip. And then the ceiling started like coming down. Right. And I've been telling my super for a year, like, yeah. Hey man, like eventually we're going to have to get this fixed. Yeah. Nobody cares. And then yeah. the summer comes around again. Everyone forgets about it. And now they turn the heat back on and the ceilings like, like chunks of it are falling out. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. They're that, like, that's the problem with New York. The super. Right? They're superintending. Not super. Right. 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 Uh, but you, you know, you walk into an apartment and if it's, if you see a brick wall in any part of, you know, North America, that means it's not finished. Yep. But here it's like, <laughs> whoa, brick wall. It's a luxury. Exactly. You know, it's like, no, they just didn't finish the job. That's what happened with Bud it's, Freeman. It's insane. For the improv. Is that Did right? Did you know that? No, no. I didn't know so that. So Mike Carano, a buddy of mine was good friends with Bud and, um, he was telling, I heard him a few times tell the story about when they found the first improv. They didn't have time before the first scheduled show to finish the backing where the stage is. So he said, just leave it as brick. Yeah. And then it became like a thing in comedy clubs to have cut the brick to, wall. And then also cut to the improv chain putting up a fake 
Yeah. Ironically, a fake brick wall. We had that because over a wood wall. Yeah, because that yeah. was now the yeah. style. Yeah. That's exactly what we had at the the Comedy Works in Montreal. We had a fake brick wall. That's the over default. A brick wall. <laughs> it's it's not a bad look, you know, when you're watching a comedy show as opposed to something like Caroline's where there's like right. so much going on behind yeah. Yeah. you. Yeah. And you can't even, and, right. Cobbs in San Francisco used to have a full like living room. <laughs> like a bad local theater act, you know? Right, right, right. But right. it wasn't just a living room. It was intensely decorated, meaning a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then also like neonish colors. Uh, so like you couldn't even spot the comedian on the stage, God. you know? And that's horrible for tapes. It's horrible for yeah. anything. It like fries your retina right. when you're trying to pay attention. Now you're drinking. Right. <laughs> now the comic's doing his B material. Now you're asleep. <laughs> Wake me up for the closer. I, <laughs> right. Wake me up when they put up a brick wall. I think. I think. Yeah. Caroline's is probably the the one I uh, I like the least. It's so busy. And then also, first of all, there's no good way. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but there's no good way to the stage. You have to go through like everyone's dinner, right. And shit. And then, have you ever been casual enough, like given up on a set there, <laughs> and just looked between the gap and the stage and the wall? And it looks like something right. out of your basement. There's like TV remotes and I'm just never, dust bunnies <laughs> and like more electrical sockets than you can even imagine. In other words, like four of those multi right. outlets just plugged into like two. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, this is the abyss. Yeah. Don't but, fall yeah. into this. As long as the audience doesn't see it, it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That is a strange thing with stand-up is there's so there can be so much going on, but as long as like where the state like where the audience sees the stage is clear, like everyone's like, yeah. no, we're good. It's like there's right. like a leaky pipe, like right. They're like they don't see it. It's fine. It's fine. Just the, do it. Yeah, there's a right. famous person on stage, and there's like a used condom like, behind right, a yeah. fucking gap. The coolest thing about Caroline's is there's a place you can stand and you can watch. Uh, a very successful comedian on stage and then the wall divides it and you can watch the uh, the kitchen staff. Like you can watch both. It's like a split down the middle. Yeah. I've taken a picture of it many times. That's awesome. It's right. really just interesting to watch both things happening at the same time. And of course, the best part about Caroline's and any comedy club where this is true. The food. The food is great, but walking through the kitchen yeah. is the ultimate moment in right. show business. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. always fun. Ah. Uh, my ultimate moment in show business. I just worked with Tom Segura in Providence and Boston, but these these gigs are so important to me financially that uh, I will quarantine before them just to make sure I make the wow. money, just to make sure I'm healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're in this weird moment in the pandemic where it's no big deal until you get it. Yep. Like everybody right. says it's no big deal. Then you get it. Then you're you're poisoned. You're off everything. It's not the flu. Like three years ago, you could show up sick somewhere and be like, like and people oh, would be happy because they're like, oh, you're fighting through it, man. Yeah. Like way and, to be a soldier. Be like, and it would be, it would be like, this would be like, oh, don't shake my hand. Right. I can't get sick right now. Yeah. But then they, they'll sit there inside for an eight hour work day. Grab the mic right after yeah, you. Right. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like I was like that before this whole thing. If someone was like over sneezing, I'd be like, eh, I'd keep my distance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, not, but this is yeah, yeah, next yes level. or no. Do you have right. Corona? And if you do, you need to get the fuck off this tour. I don't care if all you have is a Borgata and a Caroline spot on your calendar. You're off the fucking tour. 
So I'll invest that that amount of money, and I. Oh, yeah, that's what happened with the, the first podcast, right? Um, yeah, I was feeling a little, uh, I was feeling a little off, uh, just like a bad cold. But you're like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> like stay I'm home. Gonna, yeah, it's you, gonna be the first know. episode, but you better but stay home. And I was like, I get it, I get it. Yeah, it's like the sequel's gonna be better with yeah. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just need. That's this so money. funny when I heard, when I heard the first the first podcast you guys shot. It's like, yeah, Daniel's supposed to be here. But <laughs> Damn it. Listen, man, you got to leave them wanting more. And that's Absolutely. what we did. And, uh, I, yeah, I just went and lived this existence. I called it a retreat. I told it to my therapist, right. like, and every time, like, uh, I was overwhelmed by, you know, uh, my relationship or like going to a party or anything or like the subway, I'd be like, you're going to get this time to yourself. Right. To, to like just sit and, and, and it's amazing how quickly it goes from like a retreat to like taxi driver part two. Going crazy. Speaking of the sequel, like you just, you're good for a while. And I even got into meditation and I got a lot of work done. But after about three or four days, it's like, you're just this creepy dude hanging in the apartment. And there's no good way to get exercise either because like if th- there was like this road, it looked like a regular road. But once you start walking on it, you realize you're on a fucking highway. Yeah. Like there's a <laughs> right, sidewalk, right, right, but right, cars right. are going like 60 miles an right hour past you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter. There's traffic lights and you're just like, I'm going to fucking die yep. in Warwick, Rhode right. Island, not even Providence proper, just like on the yeah. side of the road in front of a Chipotle or something. Yeah. And then I remembered, oh yeah, you walked from the airport to the Best Western because I was calling this, um, this be- the reason you get the hotel at the airport is because so you can get the shuttle to the airport and mm-hmm. it's close to the airport. Yeah. But I'm calling these fuckers all day at Best Western just because I've traveled so much that I'm like, I need to work out all the kinks before I even get started. Before you even. Yeah, and, and this is what we used to do before cell phones caught on. You would call the hotel and like see what was up with their shuttle and stuff. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. calling them all day. I'm calling them all day. I'm calling them all day. They're not picking up the phone. And my flight got bumped to like 10 p.m. So I'm going to be showing up at 11 p.m. And just not wanting to deal with it. Yeah. Well, you know, that late at night. And this is the day before? This is the day of. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm calling them. I even called like Best Western headquarters and they were like yeah yeah we'll get the message to him and i'm thinking like fucking how (laughs) i mean they're not answering their phone at all at all and um i just i got out i landed they still didn't answer i got out the the phone and i just found i walked to the room and as soon as i got there the shuttle pulls out and this kid gets out and i'm like dude what i've been calling all day where were you and he's like he goes, I'm, I'm the only one here. I'm the only one here. <laughs> and he goes in and he checks in the people he just fucking oh, shuttled he's over. Receptionist? <laughs> yeah. He's literally the only one working. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, all right, all right. You know, I'm like, and I just like took his side all of a sudden. Yeah. I was just like, uh, I was like, hey, you're the only one here. He's like, yeah, the other guy called in sick. I'm like, oh That's my hilarious. God. He knocks on your door the morning, yeah. room service. Yeah, right. <laughs> so after two days of like risking becoming roadkill, right. I was like, oh shit, I'll just for my exercise, walk back and forth to the airport on right. this desolate road. And I did that, but it was boring as shit. And I don't know about you guys, but I always feel like super paranoid that I look suspicious 
Oh, just yeah. like fucking middle-aged white dude, back, yeah, back and, forth and forth in the yeah, airport, that's creepy, man. John Rambo, just fucking <laughs> hanging out. Mapping and, out your escape plan. And so this one car got, this truck, you know, it pulled over and it, and it needed help. And this cop pulled up to help the guy. And I walked past him and I go, well, that's the end of my fucking workout. <laughs> wow. Because I'm not walking past that cop twice. Yeah. As if I have anything illegal yeah. on me. I just don't want to fuck with it. Right. That's going to mess up my quarantine if I'm suspiciously thrown in the slammer. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of paranoia, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely paranoia. When I get something that's important to me, I'm, I'm very paranoid that I'm going to fuck it up. Or something, uh-huh. some outside... Force is going to fuck it up like like these gigs. Isn't it crazy how we always just move to the negative? You know, we're always thinking like, what if something bad happens? What if this? But we never I remember reading this great book. It's called um, it's such a corny name. Man. It's called From Panic to Power. Uh-huh. Uh, it's so corny. But when I read it, it, it pointed out some really great things about how, you know, how she explains to the doctor that with anxiety is just a create is 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 the exact opposite of you know uh being creative for example mm-hmm. so there's you could be it's like a riding a roller coaster you could be excited or you could be terrified but it's yeah. the same energy but polar opposites mm-hmm. so she explains that you know instead of having all your what ifs be negative like what if you know, something great happens. What if I meet a friend? What if I start talking to that cop? What if yeah. we, we, he starts coming to a show? What if I make a good contact? What if, you know, I move beyond that fear? And it's really cool because I actually use that now. Yeah. It's like whenever I, I, it's just a question of being aware mm-hmm. that whenever you're aware that like, oh, my what ifs are all negative. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I just switch that over to something positive? Yeah. And, and then you, you start getting into this roller coaster of like fun imagination where right. everything is amazing. And then you're like the whole vibe, your whole energy shifts and you're in a, such a like peaceful, happy place. And you could have done the exact same thing. Right. Killing yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's just a thought. It's just a moment. And then, know? and then everything becomes a possibility too. Right. right. So like, and you're open to that. So like yeah. if you if you if I go to the show and somebody walks up and starts talking to me, I'm like, oh cool, I get to meet this person. Yeah. But I've have a tendency to be like, when is this fucker gonna get away from me? Right. Don't come say hi. But right. you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it has a lot to you do. Don't know because just as a society, it's a lot of people go to the negative. And what I mean by that is, there are certain opportunities I've had since moving to New York where I do exactly what you're talking. I didn't even know it was like a thing. I just in my head, I'm you know, for the last five years since I've been sober, I was like, I need to be more positive because I always had such an anxious, negative outlook on everything. So I moved to New York and then some of these things start happening and I'd be like, this is it. This is it. And then there are people in my life who are like, no, it's not like it's just, you're just going to hang out with your friend at the stand. Like you're not going to meet Bill Burr right. and become like his opener. And I was like, but it could happen. Right. And so like, I'm trying to stay like trying to stay positive. I've realized that people around me, and I don't know if it's the people I associate with or if that's just the norm where people are just like, that's not how that works. Like that's not going to happen. Well, if you're also surrounded by that energy, if that's not how it's going to happen, that's how, how it works. That it may be. So that may be, there may be some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But if you keep thinking that way, 
uh, I guarantee you it, 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 it well it has worked it, for me right because there are certain things that have happened and yeah. I was and then there's a part of me that like the competitors that like I want to run out to people and be like you said it was never gonna happen <laughs> right 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 keep maintaining that positive outlook has been super beneficial because there are times and I've texted you about this there are times where I'm like I need to go do a hang. Even if no one's around that I know, even if no yeah. one's in town, it's like, I need to go to the stand because you never know what's going to happen. And there are so many times where like things don't happen and I'm like, God, maybe I should move back to Florida. Like I'm crazy. But then there are also times where I go there, I'm eating a pizza and then someone walks in that I kind of know. And then we start talking. Next thing you know, I look around and I'm at like the comics table and I'm yeah. like, how did this even, like, I just came in to eat a pizza. And now I'm surrounded by all these like professional comics. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is what we're willing into existence. This is what we're here for. Yeah, and the type of person people that don't see the potential right. in that are the type of people that don't expect it for themselves and don't exercise yeah. that for themselves. But it's so weird because when I moved to New York, everyone was telling me, "Yo, FaceTime, FaceTime," and I'm like, yeah. well, "What's this FaceTime?" Yeah. I'm like, "It's stage time, right?" And it's and it's not only stage time. I would literally say it's. 50-50. I've been arguing that for a while. You know, it's at least 50 yeah. yeah. At least. Yeah. And, and if not FaceTime, maybe even more. Because, you know, if you're in New York and you're doing comedy, one, I, I'm guessing you, you already have the confidence or the foolishness right. to want to do this. What's which the is one the same? Yes, exactly. yeah. uh, and, and two, uh, you, you, you got to have some chops if you're hanging around the comedy clubs, you know, if you're, oh, hanging, yeah. out, you know, if you're hanging around like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, divey bars, that's another thing. But if you're at the clubs, you know, you're creating that, that, that reality, that, that, that environment that you want to welcome in your life. But uh, I, I think it's key to, to, to be sure that, you can do this mm-hmm. and, and you can, and you yeah. can. And it's just like, it's like a, it's like a moment of, uh, it's a thought. Mm-hmm. That's what's insane. Yeah. I remember once, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. Uh, do you guys know he offers like an hour of, uh, consultation, not him personally, but his, right. his, his gurus, his the Robinettes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The little minions. <laughs> uh, so they offer like an hour or I think it's half an hour consultation. So mm-hmm. you guys can call Yeah, like this toll free number. And they will coach you for half an hour and it's free. And I said, I got to try this. <laughs> uh, like I have to call this dude. And then just hear you talk about it. I'm like, so, I got to try it. Yeah, you have to try it. You have to try it. So you call this half an hour. It's free, you know? So I called this dude. This dude's in Philly. And, uh, and I'm like, I started telling him about my anxieties and, and stuff I'm going through. And he said, listen, you can change anything in a moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know that. It's like, and he says, no, 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 but I'll give you an example. I want you to get down on, on all four. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm on the phone with this dude. I'm like, are you serious? So let me put you on speaker. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this. Like, just, just trust me. You, this is a free half hour. Take a leap of faith. Right. I'm right. I'm like, you know, he doesn't know what I'm doing. I'm like, fine. You know, I'll, I'll play along. Sure. If, if, if I'm going to do this, let me do this. For right. You. So I'm on all four. And then he says, all right, now you're on all four. I, I am. You're on the floor. You're certain. Yeah, I am. So I want you to, to push out a fart <laughs> as hard as you can. <laughs> I'm like, are you? And I'm all, sounds, I'm on the floor. I'm yeah. dude. I'm talking to this Tony Robbins dude. Yeah. And he says, uh, I'm like, 
And I started giggling. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, dude, just push it. Just like push, push to fart. Even if you don't feel like farting, I want you to push. And then I'm like, I, I don't feel like if I just push it, just extend it and push and go through it. I know you can do it. And he's coaching me on how yeah. to push a fart out. Right. And he's like, go, 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 go. And I'm pushing and my face is getting like all red and I'm, and I, and a fart comes out. And then I start laughing and he starts laughing uh-huh. and then he says, stand up. And he says, how do you feel? I said, I feel great. <laughs> and, and he said, see, from one moment to the, like a minute ago, yeah, you're talking to me about all your anxieties. And now from one minute to the next, you, you've changed. Mm-hmm. You blew it out your ass. Yeah. Well, I got to change diapers too now. <laughs> but, but it's like, that was, that was the, it was as ridiculous as f- probably on speaker. They probably have this, the, the whole sure, staff, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but who cares? Like, cause you're one of thousands. What, right. And what a, what a learning moment. Yeah. And he taught me that. Cause there's two ways to work on, on, on how you feel. You can work inside out yeah. or outside in. And he really taught me and acting will teach you that as well. But when you do something physical with your body, it will change your emotions. Like you work out and oh, you yeah. go for, you know, yeah. you, go, you exercise. I swim right. too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what a great learning lesson. And literally from, you know, a workout's an hour, an hour and a half swimming with the same thing, but to just do something silly. Right. Alone. Yeah, man. And just, it changes the, the whole chemistry. Yeah. Of your body. Absolutely. It was like, whoa. And then I was like, all right, this was great. It's like, all right, the next, uh, you know, session would be like 250. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I think I can, blow, I, I think can, I can, I can fart, fart on my own. Right, yeah. right. But this, you know, it was next time I'll try it in the park. <laughs> I love the steaks. But yeah, I highly, I highly recommend. I'm, I'm all about like trying anything, uh-huh. you know, reading books, working out, uh, you know, going to meditation retreats, uh, talking to therapists, priests, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, go to a hair salon. You know, most barbers are, are therapists. Oh, yeah. You know? No kidding. They just listen to everything that that's all you need. Someone that's going to listen. And, uh, and I remember the first time I went to see therapists, man, first uh-huh. time I ever went to see a therapist. I was like, I must've been like 20, 25, 25 or 26. And I'm sitting in her office and she says, how do you feel about being here? And I said, I feel, I feel stupid. And she said, why? I said, cause you're probably just as sick as I am. And here I am seeking help from another sick person. And that makes me feel stupid. Uh-huh. And she she looked at me and she said, that is one of the wisest things I've ever heard. And she said, you're, you're absolutely right. And, um, the point of therapy is to put a mirror in front of you and to hear yourself talk. And just the, the way that she acknowledged that it just allowed me to be open. Mm-hmm. She knew just like a lot of therapists know, uh, or, or priests, like she knew she was full of shit. <laughs> right. No, but there's something yeah. so enlightening about that. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing when I went to see a priest once, um, to confess. I, 
I'll never, I'm not interested in confessing my sins. I don't uh, believe in that. Right. But my mom, very religious, very Catholic, right. Polish. She says, yeah. Dan, it's, it's Easter. I was 19. Yeah. It's Easter. Please go confess your sins. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, there's no way. So do it for me. I can't say no to my yeah, mom. I haven't she, even done the good right. shit yet. Yeah. She, she, she <laughs> I can't even <laughs> yeah. confess for real yet. I'll confess when I'm uh, 25. <laughs> and, and I can't say no to my mom. And I, I'm, I'm in the booth. And he says, well, uh, are you ready to confess your sins? I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm like, all my sins? Like, do I need to share everything? He says, well, <laughs> share what you want to share. And I said, well, I think, I think it's the same thing. I said, it's, I think, why am I going to share things with you uh, when, you, you know, the history of the church uh, is polluted? It's, it's, I, there's nothing that feels right about it. Mm-hmm. And then he said to me, he said, well, you're right. The church is a sinner. Yeah. And yo, that was, the first, <laughs> that was the first time I right. ever heard a priest tell me yeah. that the church is a sinner. Right. And I was like, that just again, acknowledging the truth mm-hmm. allowed me to be open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I searched, so I didn't share every other. <laughs> I like that. I like this, this priest though, because yeah. I, when I, I just got married in the Catholic church and the priest had us watch this video, <laughs> that was like a bunch of priests going, you know, we we molested some children, but like that wasn't like all of us. And like, why would you let that stand in the way? It's like, it was basically like, get over it. And they said, what's that? the big deal? It was an hour of get over oh it. What's the big God. deal? You're overreacting, yeah. and it's like, okay, maybe, but also <laughs> you're not the guys to say you're got the guys to make the argument. Right. Let us right. non-Catholic right. church people. I don't mean non-Catholics. I mean non-people in the in, people who aren't in the institution. Let right. us get over it. Right. Don't be <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm shocked when I see. I went to this funeral uh, about a few months ago. Uh, my landlady lost her husband, and she they like I saw a choir boy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, these still they still do that. Oh yeah. Like. Parents still leave their kids alone and like, yeah, happy Sunday. You know, that's, and that's not like one parent. That's like the husband and the mother, the yeah. mother, the father. The, they're both agreeing with everything that we know to just leave their kid alone in a church with a priest. I think it's insane. And I just think it's like, I honestly, it's like you just, you don't want to face it yeah. when you're doing that. You don't want to face that your salvation, your, you know, people are invested in their soul and everything and they don't want, they want to feel like that is over. It's right. not and our And that's guy. exactly what, but not to say that there aren't wonderful priests. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well the video is right in a way. I would say most don't, but there's a, too much of a percentage because you just don't go back from that. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, okay, if you get molested three times, that's when it sinks in. It only takes right, once. Right, right. You know, right. there's one strike in your right. It takes your fucks, dude. It takes a look. Mm-hmm. Yep. It takes a look, man. Yeah, that's all it is. Right. That's why when my niece went in the um in like the little rectory at the church in my wedding, I was like, get out of there. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, why? I'm like, you don't want to be alone you with don't a want, priest. You don't want to know. I'm saying like all this in front of my in-laws. I'm like, you don't want to be alone oh, with a your priest. Your mother-in-law must have yeah, loved yeah. it. They don't, they don't really pick up on it. Cause again, they don't? they're, but they know, they I'm can't, sure they know they, they are, but I was still being a certain amount of respectful by saying you don't want to be alone with a priest. 
also not wanting to explain it to my niece exactly. Yeah. Just like a nice like little warning. They don't go to church anyway, so they don't know much about it. And um, it was great. They were just, I just so glad my nieces were there because they were like, it was boring. <laughs> right. I'm like, I know, right? But there's something about a church that I just love when there's no mass. Yeah. I just love, like, I love the silence. I love the, the scent. Uh, I love the, the, the quietness. And I love that also people who go there, they go there, whether you believe in what they believe or not, I think it's irrelevant. I think it's, they have this will, this energy to seek good. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's nice to be surrounded by that. And for that hour or two, I mean, I'm not talking about mass. I'm not talking about mass. Yeah. Not mass. I don't enjoy mass. Right. But, and especially to your point, uh, the older the church, yeah, the more spiritual it is. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know? Well, this is this is something that, to your point, Daniel, this is something that um, I've heard and then I tell people that I sponsor in AA where it's, it doesn't matter what you believe, it's the fact that you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Like, just believing right. in something is inherently good to believe in something bigger than yourself. So, like you said, it's not, it's not necessarily the fact that they're churchgoers or what they're praying to or who they're praying to. It's the fact that they're, they believe in something bigger than themselves, I think goes a long way as far as realizing like, I'm not in control of any of this, Yeah, at least in my experience, because that's being a control freak is something that stems anxiety and, you know, chaos in my head and stuff. And so being able to just be like, just let it go, man. Like just let it, let it happen has been incredibly. That's something I have to learn over and over again is that it's out of my control. Yeah. I don't do it at all. Hardly ever, but that's something that (laughs) runs in my head. The moment you tell yourself, you go, Oh yeah. I feel so much better. (laughs) I can't, I can work. I can try my best. Yeah. But like after 5 PM or 6 PM. Yeah. Fuck it. You tried. Yep. I have a I have a teacher that uh, he's when I went to acting school he was my Alexander teacher. I, I, you guys familiar with Alexander no. technique? No. So it's a technique that a lot of artists use. Uh, it's it's a essentially uh, a technique based on releasing your body. So mm-hmm. whenever you do whatever you do, it's you you, you do it in, in in complete openness and there's no tension. So. Um, and he, he's brilliant. He survived cancer. He's, he, he just caught his second cancer like a little over a year ago. And he, um, he's fighting it. He's winning this. And, um, and doctors told him here that he was going to die, that he was not going to make it, that he, uh, his first visit, the doctor told him, you will literally, you, you can step out of here and die. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what they told him. Uh-huh. And you will die. And then he, you know, he researched another hospital in, in, in Mexico of all places. And he, uh, he, he went to seek treatment over there. They saved his life. Uh, six years later, uh, cancer came back and they told him the exact same thing. You're not going to make it. You're going to, you're going to die. And, uh, and he, he is completely, um, released when he receives that information, mm-hmm. he doesn't tense up. He doesn't get, he didn't get angry. And the first time that's what he explained, he even wrote a book. It's a mind blowing book. It's called, um, bliss, a hero's journey. And he, uh, he explains that when he received the news, he didn't, there's no fear. It was just, uh, he took it in with openness. And 
whenever I feel off, he actually uh, takes in students to kind of like readjust uh, the tension in their body to help your body release. Mm. And I had like two sessions with him uh, maybe a month, a month and a half ago. And it's just a, it's, it's an incredible, you guys need to try this. I, I need it's, to try yeah. I, I need to get my acting chops up anyway. So, uh, but, but, but it's, what's incredible is that you, whatever happens, the lesson is you, you trust it mm-hmm. no matter how good or, or no matter how bad it is. Cause most of the times, and we know this, we've, we've seen this a million times and whenever something bad happens, down the road, that thing needed to happen for something yeah. great to to pop up. So it so could be relationships. It could be yeah, yeah. We have countless examples of that. But if we knew that at the moment, would we stress about it? Of no. course not. Yeah. But because we don't know. But when we connect the dots, it all make ah, it makes yeah. sense. It's so many times where people so are like, so the key, I can't right? It. But if you just trusted it when the bad happens, yeah. And like, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know how I. I'm angry and you can allow yourself to be angry, but trust that this is happening for a better good instead of getting tense, angry, anxious. How is that going to serve you? And, and, and the time you waste, the years you waste just fighting something instead of like just going with the flow. It's not going my way, but all right, let's just go and trust it. And then when I find myself in that place, and I don't always find myself in that. I get lost. Yeah. Like I go see him or I go meditate or I go read or I work out, I combine them. But when I find myself in that place, it's just, I automatically think, oh, my shoulders. Wow. Why am I tense now? Mm-hmm. And I release. And then I, I'm like, and I think just stay open. Yeah. And we're constantly tense. Walk on the street, brush your teeth, eat a nap. Like our whole bodies <laughs> are like, yeah, we're like, we're like a robot. Yeah. yeah. And then the thought of just, see, I just said it. And both mm-hmm. your bodies went, oh, yeah. And you feel differently. Yeah. And you trust yourself. And it's great for stage because when it's not going your way, you just. That is kind of like what you're talking about. That is the moment of acceptance for me. There's just all this anxiety about. Oh, what if the show goes wrong? And then when it finally does, I relax. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm right. like, it's here. Well, I had, yeah. that, I had that in rapid succession where I had my first show at the stand when I first, you know, within a year that I moved here. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what we play for. Like, this is yeah. what I've been working for. And I put so much emphasis on it. And I was so tense when I went on stage, the audience could feel my anxiety yeah. and tension yeah. that it didn't go well. And then a week later, I had a show at the cellar and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Like I'm just going to do my thing. And I went out and it went great because I was relaxed. And no, right. like, I've been on stage thousands of times, but because these were so amplified because of the stakes, that first one, I was so tense that it, it just went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the second time when I was like, screw it, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I was relaxed. It went awesome. Yeah. It's just like you said, it's that simple, like flick of a switch where it's like, because just- yeah, because we get attached to an outcome. Yeah. 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 You want as, as soon, like, I, I think Buddha said something like, as soon as you're, uh, uh, as soon as you want something, you, you're bound to be miserable or mm-hmm. as soon, no, as soon as you get attached to something like attachment is the root of misery. Right. I think that's, that's the, the quote, but, uh, as soon as you want something either good or, or, or bad whatever it is, you're bound to be miserable because yeah. you, you lost as soon as you, you wanted to, to want. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it's to not want and to just accept whatever comes my way. Like, man, I just bombed. I did like 45 minutes set uh, <laughs> in Long Island. It was like probably one of the worst 45 minute sets. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember ever doing such a, uh-huh. and, and, and partially, uh, I, I never want to blame the audience, but they were extremely drunk. Right. And I don't mind heckling if it's audible. If it's articulated, yeah. if you know, if I, if I can hear it, and, and, and if you can comprehend it, yeah, yeah some exactly. heckles are incomprehensible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and when you just hear like <laughs> and, and like what, and then and then and then you got another and and then you you like what, like uh-huh. just you know, I know a speech therapist, you know, but they're drunk. There's this other dude who. After every joke or every line, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. You got, yeah. <laughs> Stand. And it's not malicious. So I can't get mad. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. come from a bad place. So I don't right. like to scold them or, 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 or to shit on them. Yeah. Because then it just shows my insecurity and my fear. And I, I'm not angry at him. We've all been there. We've yeah. all been obnoxious and drunk. Yeah. But that dude, he was just agreeing with me. Right. If anything, he's on my side. No, you, you got to keep him. So I got to, but I got to remember that, not snap. I got in the back. I got another couple arguing. <laughs> and, and you know, it's like, it's the flow. It's yeah. like a symphony. A 45-minute set, it, there's movements. Oh, there's yeah. ups, there's downs, there's crescendos, there's, you know, there's prestissimos. There's no fucking interruptos at every yeah. two seconds, <laughs> yeah. you know? You got to accept it. Yeah, and it's, how do you, and then what could I have done better, you know? And then there's the responsibility of me as a comedian. How could I have maneuvered this? Yeah. But when it's not... Uh, it's not comprehensible. It's not, and it's coming from different places. And then even the manager told me like, I haven't seen an audience like that in forever. (laughs) But then, you know, what's cool about experience is that, you know, the ups aren't so up and the the downs aren't so down. Like the vicissitudes are just kind of like, that's Mm -hmm. cool. So like, yeah, it sucked. I'll get him next time. Right. But I would have killed myself as, you know, as a first. Yeah. Uh, headlining set, sure. I, you know, I, is, am I good enough? Right. You know, all the what ifs would be negatives. Yeah. I just, I just went back. I'm home. finally getting somewhere with that where like if the show wasn't exactly where I wanted, cause I'm to the point where if there's 20 seconds of a 20 minute set that I don't like, I'm like, fuck man, I fucked that up. Yep. I'm the same way. But now I'm moving into, it's never going to be perfect. Right. That was the part that was unperfect. Right. As far as the audience is concerned, did they have a good time or did they not? Right. They're not. I mean, some of them are, are critics, like internet critics who right. will be like, meh, 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 meh. Right. he flubbed this, you know. But most people are like, go by the vibe. Did I enjoy it or didn't I? You know, and it's just, you got you to gotta grave it almost as like a pass fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. You know? And what was cool is I had three audience members tell me, oh, we loved your set. You're so funny. And they were apologizing for the audience. Yeah. Which is nice to hear, but at the end of the day, you know, like, I didn't have fun up there. Most people were, you know, I don't know what they were. Yeah. But it's, uh, and I'm, there's a comic, a Montreal comic called Massimo, because to your point, you know, if the first 20 seconds don't go right, he would, he, he, as an open micer, he had this great trick. He's like, if you don't like this joke, in his head, he would tell yeah, himself, yeah. you don't like this joke, you're going to love the next one. Right. And then this, the second one would bomb. And he'd be like, if you don't like this one in his head, you're going to love the next one. Yeah. And then the third one would bomb. But 
that's how he would keep himself. That's that smart. Say, that's a very yeah. interesting way to go. About yeah, it, it's like don't worry. I'm gonna get you on the next one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take. I would take it one step further and start saying that out loud. I think that could be very uh, fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Because I have <laughs> yeah. a, I have yeah, yeah, yeah. a. We were talking about it earlier, but I do have that bad habit where I can let negativity like snowball. Right. So like I'll get up, and if the first one doesn't hit, I'll do the opposite. Where I'm like, well, if that didn't hit, I don't know. Yeah. The next one's even worse, or even right. darker, or even yeah. Because I tend to go in a direction. And, you know, obviously we can get out of wherever we're going, but a lot of times I'm like, well, no, this, cause I tell stories. So it's like, no, this feeds into the next one that feeds into the next one. So by the time I'm like two or three down, if I'm losing them, I'm like, no, 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 no. I joke all the time. I'm like, this can, if you're not into what I'm saying, this can turn into a Ted talk about addiction very quickly. And right. then it's like, oh wait, no, you guys don't, it's a joke. Like we're joking. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than looking at your watch during a 10 minute set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you know, you, you know what I do. Uh, <laughs> you know what's okay. my thing. You know what's my seven thing? more minutes. When, when I bomb, when I'm, you know, sometimes you just forget your your jokes. Oh, you're, oh you're, yeah. You're such, so oh, what yeah. I do is like, hey, do you guys want to hear a new joke? So then I pull out my phone. I just look at my old jokes. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That's smart. I remember. That is genius. Yeah. Yo, it it saved me so many times. Because I, I ask the audience, of course, the audience is going to be on your side. They're yeah. going to be, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's, it's, it's a good little trick that, 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 you know, helps me get out of that, that funk. I still do it analog style where I will, I'll use like one of these little notepads and I'll write out my set list. Because every once in a while, even, you know, years we've all been doing this, but every once in a while I'll get up and I'll hit my first joke. And if it hits, I'm like, heck yeah. And then I'm like, uh, shit and like i'll like you know just start falling like wait where was i going and then i'll just like glance at my note real quick because i'll just tear it off and i'll just have like a little piece of paper in my hand and then i'll just glance at it like and then i'm like oh yeah that's where i'm going right because it's it's one of those things where i don't want to seem like like obviously i have the jokes memorized but sometimes i just forget where i'm going yeah so i'll put it in my hand almost like a magician where like the audience won't see and i'll be like yeah so yeah and i'm like that was super slick i'm so good at this <laughs> right and then the audience is like you could just look at your phone idiot <laughs> yeah but i love what bill hicks says you know it's like well you you got you guys i know that yeah the 12 he's... rules and all that yeah, stuff man. but what's so cool is but for the audience it's only do your jokes if you can't think of anything else to say right is that what you're talking about uh yeah. Like yeah, only yeah. do your material if you can't think of anything right, else. That's to one say. of the rules. Yeah. And when I go up there, I have no clue what I'm gonna say. Like that's his first he closes his eyes and he, he just Oh yeah, you were telling us about this. And uh but there's oh, I don't know why I started talking about that. What were you saying right before that? I was talking about how so, how sometimes you get out of it by saying, Do you want to hear a new joke? and you look at your phone. Right. And I was saying that I always write down a set list so that way I can always like kinda have a feeling of where I'm going. But I think it comes down to there's tricks to put yourself back in the moment. Yeah. And the moment yeah. are the, is well, the only trusting thing. The, trusting the, the process. Mm -hmm. like we've all done the work. So it's sometimes I forget. It's like, oh, no, you've done this a lot. Yeah. Like you're going to be fine. And yeah. sometimes yeah. I forget that. Sometimes I over prepare. I always forget that. Where it's like, and then you get up yeah. there and you start going and you're like, oh, yeah, I've done Like we used to say in football all the time, like you're nervous until the first hit happens. And then you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I've been right. doing this my whole right. life. Right. Yeah, right, right, but right. it's also for the audience is like sometimes then you can tell like your Chuck E. Cheese up there, like going through yeah. your fucking shit. And then right. if you do anything, anything to, to, to let them know that you're not a robot, that this is the moment. 
the, you, you create some stakes all of a sudden. Right. If you're going to do a Bill Hicks, you might say something, you might dig a hole yeah. before the show even starts. Right. That's a moment. Yep. You know? And then that's a good move because then when you do start doing your material, it sounds a lot better than that hole you were digging. Right. right. <laughs> and they're like, thank right. fucking Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's the key. That's my, my goal as a comic is to get into that, you know, that comedy zone all the time. And not rely on 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 material because mm-hmm. I the times I have the most fun is when I'm not touching my material. Yep. Yeah, and you just trust that you know you're funny, and it doesn't matter. Those like, are my favorite moments. Yeah, but if we can just extend those moments, and if you can have it once in a set, then one minute during a set, or two, then five, and let it be your set. You know, uh, I've never seen Sinbad. I've never seen him. Have you seen him? Yeah. Perform? No, I, I've never seen him live. I've seen yeah, him special. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. But, you know, I've never seen him live. But I heard he never writes jokes. He never, um, he just has an idea and he goes on stage with that idea, with that thought. And he, man, that's like, man, that's like dancing. That's like jazz. Some, that's, some comedian was talking about, and it's somebody famous, but I forget who, was talking about how they went, they were, I think it was, they were in Montreal for the festival. Right. And they went to, they went sneaker shopping. He went sneaker shopping with Sinbad. I think it was, I think it was Norm MacDonald actually. Yeah. He goes up and he does his material. You know, he's very funny. He's a great writer. And who, Sim, who, who's this Norm MacDonald? Norm. Norm. <laughs> yeah, no. And then, and then fucking Sinbad goes up there and spends like a half an hour or an hour or something talking about sneaker shopping. <laughs> and Norm's like, what the fuck? He yeah. came up with that today? Right. And it's more like, no, he came up with that right now. Right this minute. Yeah. Right. I'll do that sometimes too. And I flop with that shit too. I'll be like, I'll talk about buying sneakers. I'll be like, I went sneaker shopping today. Isn't that what I wanted? <sighs> hey, my wife's fuck. weird. Yeah, I'm like, right, I'm like right back in the material. <laughs> Right back into material. I'm like, I, what do I got to say about this shit? I've, I've, I've done that before. I was unhappy, but how do I express that? Where I, like, I actually am a writer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, I'm just going to riff on this thing. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. was funny in the moment. I'll just go talk. I can convey that to an because audience. Because I do have riff skills, but then sometimes I'm just like, you reach up on the shelf and the book ain't there. You're like... <laughs> Right. What the fuck? <laughs> I know this book's down here. <laughs> but you know, I think it it boils down to to confidence. Mm-hmm. I think that's all confidence it is, and comfort. Man. Yeah, yeah. But once you're confident, you're you're comfortable automatically, yeah, right? Or, or maybe the other way around. Once you're comfortable, you, you become confident. Yeah. I don't know what way it goes, but it's it's. As soon as, you know, we try to freestyle and it, and it doesn't work, then fear kicks in, go yeah, back to material, yeah. then you become a robot, then you're not having fun anymore. And then it's like, what am I, why am I doing Yeah, what this? is this? Because there are some times where I've said something and then everyone laughs and I'm like, oh, I had no intention of going down this path. But like, once you have the momentum, like you said, once you're confident, I'm like, oh, let's just keep going. Yeah. yeah. And then there's other times you'll try to force it, be like, I'm going to do this because I'm funny and I know this will work and I'll get new material out of it. And then you're yeah. looking for the book like, um, guys. Ah, but uh-huh. see, there you go. You have a want. Yeah. You, you yeah. Have, you have an outcome. Yeah. I'm going to do this because yep. I know. So the outcome is there. As soon as you have that and you don't let it go, it's, you're, you're already, screwed. It's already, yeah, it's already over before there it was, started. There was the comedy store in LA is one of those places where at least when I was performing there a lot, like late night spots. Yeah. You were doomed if you did material. Re- well, how would you they know? were just doomed because you they mean, could smell it from the comics or 
the audience, or the audience, the, the 15 drunken people there. Cause it was already so loosey goosey that if you went up there and it was, it sounded rehearsed, they can feel it. They can tell. They can tell. So you really have to be coming up with at least half the set. Wow. Like on the spot. And, really? and it goes horribly wrong for people right. and myself and it goes horribly right, you know, but you're just like, you can't get caught up and sitting in the parking lot like, what the fuck just happened? It was like, <laughs> you went on a suicide mission anyway. Right. Like, just accept that. Right. And right. just, you know, if you want to feel something about that, fine, that's what you feel. But don't right. get caught up in it. Yeah. Because that was worst case scenario, even though it says the world famous comedy store. Right. And by the yeah, way, no it wasn't the no world famous. But <laughs> it also was back wasn't. Then. It, what? Back then it wasn't. Well, it was and it wasn't. But the point is, like, it's not the world famous bombing. There was nobody, nobody saw it. It was a tree in the fucking forest falling down. Right. You know, so you just got to relax. And it's crazy how we carry it, how we, how that moment is done. And then we still, we still bring it back. You know, there's this, uh, this, there's this other great story. I love this story. It's about this, like, a uh, uh, Zen master and his, and his, and his student, right? And they're walking in the woods. And they see this, this woman and she's on the floor and she, she tripped or whatever. I'm paraphrasing the, the story and she needs help. And he says, well, let me carry you, uh, and, and help you up. And then he does and she's safe and they move forward. And the student is like, well, I, you know, he's kind of quiet and he's like, I can't believe you, you just did that. You know, you're, you're, you're a priest. You're, you're not, we're not supposed to touch women. We're not supposed to be in contact with. And then he said, you know, I, you're right, but I, I, I carried her and I let her go and you're still carrying her in your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's what we do all the time. Oh yeah. We just, you know, we just, how bad we bring the bad with us, Yeah, but less with, with experience and time and, yeah. We, I think we learn to let go and even the good, the great shows. Do we, I don't even feel that high about it. I'm like, ah, oh, that's fun. At a certain point, it's like, well, that was my responsibility. Yeah, but that's my job. Ex- that's what I expect of you, young man. Yeah. Right. When right, you're talking right, to yourself. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, yeah. But there's no, I, I don't, I don't get high off a great show anymore. I feel I lower feel. about bad shows than I ever feel great about good shows. I feel good when, when a surprise happens. So when these chances we take that we were just talking about. Like a moment. About, that's when true. a moment right. happens. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Then it's like, that's why we play the game. Nailed it. Because this is some funny shit, even to me, because I didn't expect to do it. And it's it's rewarding. Do you guys think that comics have... um? Yeah, I'd like to hear this about you because I have my own theory. But who? Well, it, I, what's that? What's that? Tell, or, this is for, yeah. This uh, is for next week. What, what, what's the question? The question is, what field in 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 any um, uh, livelihood would what, what do you think what gets the biggest high? Um, I'm gonna say just very briefly, anything physical, right? Like sports, athlete, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. As a former division one athlete. <laughs> no, I mean, there were times where I scored a touchdown in practice and I was like, fucking hang it up. Yo, that moment. Put it on the right. Getting your dance ready. Dude, I didn't, I wore the same, I mean, I washed them obviously, but I wore the same pair of socks 
from my freshman year in college all the way through college football because I scored a touchdown during like we called it the toilet bowl, which was like the day after the game. Everyone who didn't play in the game had to do a scrimmage. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I scored a touchdown, and I wore those same socks every day of practice. <laughs> That's great. Put it on the board. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to The Power of How. Uh, rate, review, leave comments. Or don't. Well, <laughs> subscribe. This is how it's done, right, Brent? Yeah. They have to interact I with know, it. I know, I know, I know. Unfortunately. Follow us on all social media at The Power of How podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. Come hang with us next week. Yeah, Ooh. thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Power of How. Music by Daniel Torado. Artwork by Nelson Diaz. Follow us on all the social medias at at the Power of How Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out at patreon.com forward slash the Power of How Podcast. Send us some positive vibes in the form of U.S. currency. See you next week, everybody. Power of How.